about Trying to figure out what it's all about Existentialist Am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know that was Great Sounds Watts with Outside on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven. Myself, Prestige, with my partner in crime, Long Island raised, Elm City made, E.C. Blues is in the building. Easy Blues, you are better with introductions more than me. Who do we have with us again on Behind the Brand? You know, I come from an era when the three-peat was something that barely ever happened. Only true greatness gave you a three-peat. Chicago Bulls with Jordan. I'm sure the Patriots did it. Three-peat was so, 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 so difficult to get. And only true greatness can have a three-peat. This next person is also considered a triple threat. A philanthropist. An incredible human being. An independent business owner. Those three. I can add more threes on there. Someone who's willing to stand up when others are sitting down. Someone who's willing to have your back even when all heck is breaking loose. This person has stood with signs while angry people were charging upon him and stayed calm and stayed safe. A true hero. I want you to put your hands together, not if you're driving. If you're driving, please keep your hands at 10 and 2. We don't need any accidents. But keep your hands together for the amazing, the incredible, someone, a near, dear friend to the show. An incredible very near me. these days. Very, very near, extremely near. We share a porch. Nate Blair. I was, wait, I was waiting to like sneak that one in there. You, you, you got me. I, got, I love it. <laughs> I couldn't resist. I couldn't resist. You knew where it was going. That just means <laughs> yeah. the chemistry's there. <laughs> yeah, full disclosure, uh, he finds me on his uh, front porch uh, at least three times a week. So, Word. It, it, it's fine. It, it, and and it's, it's great conversation every single time. And also yeah. one of the things, because when Prestige was like, we're going to get Nate Blair back on, I was like, I could, you want me to ask him right now? Yeah, like a good na- neighbor. Yeah, I, I'm Nate not Blair Jake. Is there. I am I am not Jake from State Farm, but no. I strive to be that attentive and that <laughs> people's life. Yeah. So how have you been since the last time we you, you were on here? We were talking a lot about your your uh um, pop-up thrift stuff that you, you're rocking and rolling with. Um, yeah. Life is always constantly evolving and changing. And uh, what, how is that business going? So, um, yeah, uh, I would say, well, first of all, winter and pop-ups, uh, generally not the best time for like my outdoor secondhand clothing pop-ups. Mm-hmm. So I have been using it as an opportunity to just work on my clothing more, work on the clothes that I make. Um also, I was recently diagnosed with Lyme disease, mm. and uh, that um, the reason why I was diagnosed was because my knee basically swelled up to the size of a grapefruit, and I couldn't walk. I uh, have a car that's stick shift, can't drive stick mm. shift with a, a swollen knee, no, um, and like the absolutely irresponsible uh, guy that I am, you know, I hadn't been to the doctor in a while and i was like all right i guess this is uh just cause to visit the doctor so uh long story short uh 
a doctor, if you have a swollen knee, can tell if you have Lyme disease based on the color of the pus that comes oh, out of oh. that, that knee. Yeah. And so a lot of people that I know have had uh, difficulty in particular getting the Lyme disease test, difficulty in particular having their doctors diagnose Lyme disease um, because I like, I'm not exactly sure, but it's my belief that like taking the test for it uh, is somehow like more difficult. Like uh, you need to do like a two or three part test and they need to send it out to a lab somewhere else or some crap. Um, but uh, in that regard, uh, if the symptom from Lyme disease that you are uh, showing is a big swollen knee and they go, go to train it and it is um, like uh, somewhere between lemonade and apple juice, uh, then guess what? You got Lyme disease. And no, immediately. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And so uh, for me, it was uh, kind of lucky that that was my symptom and that that's what was showing up. Because, yeah, I've heard horror stories from other people who have had Lyme disease just trying to get a diagnosis and like going years, going to the doctor being like, I'm having these problems. And the doctor being like, well, let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try all these things. And they find out after years that it's Lyme disease, which is um, from Lyme, Connecticut. Uh, so there, there, there's certainly a sense of pride in Connecticut that I, I get uh, when I found out that... Uh, I have um, a lifelong Connecticut disease, um, like like so many of us, I think. Um, and Ooh. then <laughs> also, uh, yeah, it's interesting too that Lyme disease was, I think, first discovered in the seventies, oh, and uh -huh. uh, near a military compound. All right, cool. So uh, yeah, uh, a little bit of Connecticut, like you know private little, contracting military yeah, yeah yeah exactly yeah um yeah so uh that has been like honestly mm -hmm. a whirlwind for me for the past couple months right um, but at the same time like it, it's had some lows because i do my best thinking i'm most creative when i'm walking when i'm in movement mm -hmm. um and so not being able to be mobile has really affected my ability to feel creative especially you know um and so uh that's like one aspect of it but on the other it's been this awesome like so so i've i've had this for a a, a while right uh, and so like i don't actually know how long i've had lyme disease i could have had lyme disease for you know, ever. No, I, but like, I could have had it for a very long time, at least five years. I know I've had it. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's just hilarious to just in hindsight, write off all of my deficiencies from the past five years. Yeah. Just chalk it up to Lyme disease. Like every single, Oh man, I didn't have the energy to do that or the strength to do that. Or I was kind of mean in this moment. I'm like, Oh, that was, that was all the Lyme disease. That was hundred percent the Lyme disease. <laughs> and so it's fun to kind of, uh, just sort of, yeah, give myself a little carte blanche for uh, this disease that's been uh, racking my for the last few years and just kind of forgiving myself for maybe things that were not in fact Lyme disease. Um, yeah, so uh, 
That being the case, uh, with taking medication, um, there are certain elements of the disease that I did not know was affecting me. And then Mm -hmm. as they're getting better, I'm just like, oh, that was that was the line. And so um, I actually have more energy to right now, like in the past month. Yeah. Uh, I've been on uh, antibiotics. I actually have more energy to work on my projects. I'm like, actually, That's great uh, uh, yeah, I have clear vision. Uh, I did an interview with somebody about um, the work that I was working on in like uh, November. Um, and when I did that interview, they're like, do you have any advice, you know, for um, people who are trying to make things and like trying to start their own business and stuff like that. And my advice was, take things at your own pace. Take like, if you only have the energy to do a little bit at a time, that's perfectly fine. Respect the energy that you have and don't try to overdo it. Just do what you can step-by-step things will get done. And like, that's because literally I couldn't put in more than like an hour without feeling like all the lime in all of my joints, like keeping me literally from doing the artwork that I wanted to do. And so it's just like very funny to be like, word, like that is good advice. It's still good advice, but it it was totally advice that was affected by the fact that I had this disease, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I didn't even realize it. So like best thing uh, just about being a creative is just adjusting because like you said, like you've had this disease for quite some time now, you haven't heard about it. And thank God the doctor was very blunt with you because a lot of doctors give people to run around so many times. So do you believe, uh, just back to my question, just adjusting is so important when it comes to becoming a creative because like you have to just think on your toes ASAP because you Mind you, you're running a whole business by yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, so uh, adjusting. Oh my gosh, yeah. you saying that actually brings me back to the coffee shop. Because, oh, well, yeah. uh, like, because, uh, like, first of all, yes, um, like being able to adjust with the circumstances is mm-hmm. like uh, one element. But like, so uh, I don't know if people listening or anything know anything about me, but I, I briefly ran a, uh, under ran a coffee shop That's in right. doing so uh, you are actually adjusting to who your clientele are. You know, you're like, yes, um, you are somebody who is like trying to, you know, manage the space in certain ways, but in other ways you're there to serve people. Mm-hmm. And when you come to know who your clientele are, when you come to know the environment that you're in, in order yeah. to truly serve people, you need to be listening and you need to adjust, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether or not it's like where where your heart takes you, you know, like, gotcha. um, and so uh, in in that kind of fine tuning, uh, that's where, yeah, you, you you come into harmony with things, you know, you're not just trying to either impose your will on something or simply just completely submit either you know um and so like uh i would say i'm i'm a lot better listening externally Mm -hmm. and listening externally to what how other people are feeling than the way that i'm feeling and so this has been in terms of adjusting recently Mm -hmm. um just being really honest about how i'm feeling 
because uh, the truth is that yeah. this has been uh, an issue for a very long time. And mm. I was refusing to look at it as an issue, mm. you know, like, meanwhile, my body was telling me all sorts of things and I was refusing to, um, to listen to myself. Um, and so, yeah, uh, I feel like in like, that's a, a big adjustment for me. And yeah, right. uh, that, it, a big part of not getting stuck or trapped yeah. is yeah. Stopping listening mm. and making the proper adjustments. Mm. Um, and if those weren't the right adjustments to change again, you know, you do feel that's a part of your growth. Uh, yeah, yeah, certainly. Mm. I mean, um, like I am fortunate that I can grow. Mm. Um, I think that, uh, sometimes the moments that it takes to have real growth can sometimes break you. And so, uh, or it can be a, a, a truly traumatic experience, you know, that if it, if it doesn't break you, it takes a, a lot to get back on uh, a track where you feel like you're, yeah, in harmony with the, the place that you're in and the growth that you're having. Um, and that's where um, in right. the past, in the past year, I feel like I've actually really stepped into my own in terms of creating, mm -hmm. uh, in terms of uh, making clothing. Um, I actually feel handy with a sewing machine in a way I, I didn't a year ago. Mm -hmm. um, I have the focus to start and complete projects. Um, and I'm like making steady headway in terms of um, the branding that I feel comfortable with. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's also where I'm also becoming more comfortable with the idea of um, not being a capitalist and still being an entrepreneur mm -hmm. um, right. in that, like, just because I don't necessarily like want to reach a certain size. Like, I think that there's a level in uh, sustainability for myself Mm -hmm. that I want to be able to, to work for the things that I, I get in return, you know, Absolutely. like, like I am, I am making clothes and I sell those clothes and <laughs> then I, I get the money for those clothes or, you know, I'm looking for clothes and then I sit out there and I sell them and I make money for that. I don't actually feel comfortable in the idea of looking forward. Like what are my end goals with the clothing that I want to make? I don't really feel comfortable with just sitting in a room mm -hmm. talking about my clothes while someone else makes my clothes uh, and, right. I and I get paid for the clothes that they have made. Mm -hmm. It'll be a little like, You'll feel a little bad inside. No, I, I, I feel it's morally wrong. Um, okay. And right. so uh, like, does that mean that um, I'm going to advocate that that's how everyone should act? No, 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 not right. at all. Uh, we, we live in a very harsh, cruel reality and uh, do what you can to get by everybody. Like, <laughs> um, but uh, in terms of me, like, no, that's actually, uh, that's a, a part of uh, who I am and what I care about. Um, and so like, 
if anything, I'm just uh, excited that I have more energy than ever to actually put into making clothing. Um, and yeah, uh, in that sense, um, like as a entrepreneur, mm-hmm. um, as uh, an anti-capitalist, and as a as a black man, I think that like all these things can come into harmony perfectly. You know, I think that um, it's possible to be a creative. It's possible to make a living while making things that you'd like to make um, and like not exploit people while doing it, not have to step on necks or break backs. Mm -hmm. And like, uh, I just recently I've been having serious thoughts and like of how to articulate what uh emancipation from the system what that means and what it looks like Mm -hmm. because basically like i think that there's a level in which um people uh minorities um in the last like five eight years um are coming to get funding are coming to get sort of support in ways from especially like um non-for-profits in how to sort of create a business or like have some money for art and and, like these things are all really good within the system but that would be accepting that the way that the system is is good and i don't actually accept that um and so like there's a there's an element to uh I don't want to call it a fad because I'd like to believe that it's actually more sincere um, from right. uh, liberal uh, establishments who have money um, like Yale or, you know, uh, various endowments and stuff that pour money into um, honestly like important programs in the system that we have, which is the non-for-profit system. Of course. Uh, and like, I am cautious to say that being dependent on grants from nonprofits, mm-hmm. being dependent on the liberal gaze that is currently looking at black artists, mm-hmm. I'm cautious to say that that is the leg up and not just like a, a holograph of, of like, so when I, uh, growing up in New Haven, when I was like, eight, nine, 10, like there was a lot of money for the arts. There was a lot of money for schools to Mm -hmm. do art projects in inner city in New Haven. Uh, The arts and idea festival in New Haven in 1997 Mm -hmm. was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. There was like full uh, circus, like jugglers and stills each neighborhood had a little committee to make a float with the kids of each neighborhood to march down into New Haven. It was unbelievable. Truly like a memory that obviously like still sticks with me. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I also remember is that truly when Bush came into office, all that money dried up, all the money for the boys and girls club dried up. 
or mm. HCYS or like all of these projects that were truly integral to um, the wealth of New Haven disappeared because of mm. a couple people's choices of people who don't live in New Haven. Mm -hmm. um, and so uh, I just always am cautious in these moments where there is a, a bunch of capitalist attention whether it be through nonprofits or whatever because uh, I just think it's fish handouts rather than being taught how to fish and like Nate, I think uh, you off, but uh, one thing I don't really think is a fish handout and I think uh, Easy Blues can agree because he's uh, been a part of these uh, functions is the whole stuff that's going on at the state house uh, supporting mm -hmm. a lot of local clothing and um, just going mm -hmm. out there and having all the people um, just around the Elm City just um, you know get to know a lot of local fashion designers that are with the state house and partner with them mm -hmm. and just like show everybody the turnout um easy correct me if i'm wrong um uh, i bet like what early in the morning people were just all coming just to support these designers yeah like, well well he, he, here's the thing because i can actually answer this on on, on both points because also, this, this story on, on wnhh lp 103.5 fm new haven myself prestige and you're so small too his name is Long Island Rays, Elm City made E.C. Blues. Continue, buddy. You know, it, it, it's su it's super interesting because, yes, the, the State House, we, we have been doing this thing where it's uh, the Forgotten Flea Market, where there's a lot more of the vintage resale clo clothing aspect of it on a Sunday morning, the place will be packed out. It's free. It, um, we don't, you know, we're not the promoter that puts it together. A promoter has come and approached us about it. Um, and obviously. Uh, uh, Lord uh, Mateo. Yes, uh, uh, that guy. Might as well shout him out. Yeah, he's, he's a good cool. guy. Good, good, good dude. Good dude. Um, fun little event. Um, I wound up working like eighteen hours that day, that day. Usually when it's there, because I'll I'll jump in for like nine o'clock in the morning, and then I'll do the, the second event after that. But the state house is the perfect example of what you were talking about. Of like where corporations start to step in. You know, the state house has really been thriving and pushing local community, local art, and really focusing on the diversity of the local art. It's not, you know, again. Uh, what I love about you in particular is you never pour salt on anyone else's hustle. The grind that you're talking about is your personal grind, and that is what you're doing. Um, if other people want to take that step, that's cool, but you you support that person being happy upon doing what they're doing. And that's mm -hmm. something that is huge in a world where everyone's pointing a finger at somebody. Uh, so mm -hmm. thank you for that. But the state house really grinded out and created that extra art, and now there's a high rise going in that parking lot. The state house is going to have to be reimagined. Um, you mm -hmm. know, there is things that have to, to, to move on and go through. It is, we're, we, once again, I, and I love how you kind of called it out earlier. Um, we are once again, kind of going to getting into that identity crisis aspect of it, of there are these organizations that are giving freely. Now, look, they're getting tax, they're getting tax uh, deductions. If we all think that they're doing this out of the kindness of their own hearts, um, we were born at night. It wasn't last night. You know what right. I mean? But, yeah, but they're at least doing it. You know, they're at least stepping up there. And again, we're not pouring salt in anyone else's hustle. But like, when Big said University cuts, you know, a thirty million dollar check when they had, you know, four billion dollars worth of profit than the, the year before, and they're not getting taxed on it, oh, maybe yeah. you want to come come a little harder to the table. But that's just me. I'm a jerk. You know what I mean? That's just me. I want well, so, my, my, my well, in that respect. Like it, it's not just it's not just uh, uh, the blue and white elephant. It's also um, like, for example, right now, like I just um, 
<clears throat> how do I put this? I don't have <coughs> the answers. I don't have the answers. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, in terms of my uh, uh, what makes me anxious about the the longevity of the the focus on black entrepreneurship, right. the longevity of the focus on education, whether uh, and just like opportunities for people to have diverse experiences. Right. Like uh, right now, I think we are in a boom. That's right. awesome. Everyone needs to take advantage of the boom that we're in. Like right. if, you know, uh, uh, the arts council is handing out grants, like get yourself a grant, like don't, Word. like don't pause on that, you know, like jump right on, on that. But just in terms of the longevity of this boom, like, uh, if if we do think um, ownership of of your own business, of your own work, of yourself is important, how do we not simply take this moment and like right. roll it into something more sustainable, but just look at it in a from the ground up? How do we sustainably build? You know how so that when the grants from that. Uh, uh what's her name uh uh rosa uh rosa deloro is on the um uh sec right security exchange commission yeah, basically so, yeah. uh basically she wrote the checks and signed the checks while in congress so right. while she did that over the past two years she signed a lot of checks for her district which is us yep. that yep. is classic american corruption but rather right. than going into that version of American corruption, it benefits us, but only in the short term, because right. we no longer have a Congress that is run by uh, Democrats. She's no longer on the SEC. So right. you can't expect that money to be coming anytime soon. <laughs> right. Like like she signed it. We're getting that money. That's not long. That's not long. Money, you know. Right. And so it's like, what do we do? Um, as uh, a community to make sure that we are still, even when government bread isn't coming in, bankrolling all of it, um, that we are uh, collectively already taken care of, you know? Right. So that we don't see uh, everything that's opened in the last five, six years be gone in 10 years. Right. Hmm. With everything happening right now, I see a lot of unity. Um, I always state this with uh, just previous shows and like the different entrepreneurs being an easy interview. Um, within that next five to 10 years, just with a whole bunch of just local uh, entrepreneurs just working with, with each other in New Haven, um, what positives do you see, Nate? Oh my God. Great success right now. But like, yeah, like, no, so in that, yeah, in that sense, we're in, a, we're in a boom. I feel yeah. like uh, there's so many, um, there's so many fashion designers uh, in Connecticut right now. Yeah. Um, uh, this is one of those awesome moments where I get to blame my Lyme disease. My name memory hasn't been that good recently because of the Lyme, but like <laughs> uh, in uh, even out of like the space that I work out of, there are two or three uh, artists. Uh, I know the name of the brand is Dirtbag with an E. Um, the I, I work with uh, uh, Brent, uh, who does uh, Dead by 5 a.m. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, there, there's so many people. Uh, Threads by T. Um, man, there's uh, the lady who's on State Street who does mm -hmm. some good stuff. I actually haven't met her, 
but right. I've seen her stuff and it's freaking awesome. Right. And like, that's right. almost like a bigger compliment than meeting her because like I've seen her stuff worn and I already have brand recognition of what she does, you know? Mm. Um, and so, uh, yeah, in that sense, uh, there's uh, clothing wise, there's like a lot to be excited about in New Haven, but I just think entrepreneurially, there's a lot to be excited about in New Haven. Mm -hmm. um, I think, so like, just throwing it out there as an idea, uh, it, I think it's really a shame that um, we don't have a market for uh, artists uh, in the same way that we have the farmer's market. Right. Um, I think that I we have enough creatives in New Haven to have a fully, like, staff, you know, like, easily we could have 15, 20 stands every weekend, like, right. where the where the Worcester Street Farmers Market was, like, easily that could be mm -hmm. staffed by people who make things and in New Haven and just want to sell the things that they make in New Haven. Like, uh, it's a shame that, uh, first of all, that it doesn't exist. Second of all, the only way it will exist is if a non-for-profit gets incorporated and then, right. you know, goes through, like, why can't people just show up and sell stuff? Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, in that respect, I right. think that, like, New Haven needs to take steps not yeah. to like create nonprofits that, you know, work privately and do X, Y, and C, but just like do it themselves. Have someone in town right. in city hall, like pull this stuff together. And like, yeah, I guess uh, there are citizens who can, you know, uh, also just like take the initiative to try and pass legislature and X, mm -hmm. Y, and Z. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely not that guy. <laughs> I don't know. You sound like the guy to me, man. No, no. I um, I, I don't have too much faith in um, uh, in electoral politics. Uh, but local politics, local electoral politics, is the closest the closest I get to having faith in electoral politics. Mm -hmm. Well, it, it, I think it's also a lot different the fact that you can uh, approach these people, you know what I mean? And, right. and, and love them or hate them. And, and I, it doesn't matter one way or the other, but mm -hmm. the fact that like Elika rides the buses, uh, you know, right, you're right, like, exactly. word. All right, cool. You know, yeah, I, can, yeah. I can have a conversation with him. There's not a million I, people standing around him, you know? Yeah. I, I was having a taco and I saw Elika there and it's like, yeah, if I ever had a problem, right. I could just, you know, talk to him right there while he's eating his taco yeah mm -hmm. exactly exactly so i think i think that's that's you know it, it, we, it's easier to have faith in the system that that well at least in the people that are approachable you know mm -hmm. i cannot have faith in someone who's got you know rolling with with you know 10 10 advisors and you know a couple of jack people that you know are there to make to look oh. scary and i'm probably gonna laugh at them because they're, they're you know they look adorable they're all uniformed it's cute oh look at you you know what i mean yeah. um but yeah it's it's just easier and it's very interesting because a lot of people you know not just elica but a lot of people in that administration themselves are extremely approachable mm -hmm. we've had adrian jefferson on here um many times you know there's several yeah. times i'll just pick up the phone 
because I feel like talking to her. Uh, and she's like, hey, what's up? You know, um, right. that doesn't happen. You know, we, we had this conversation. Um, I was away at a, a conference for, for musicians um, and we were talking about the difference between like going with more of a, an independent aspect through Orchard or going through DistroKid. And I, and I looked at him and was like, yeah, um, if something goes wrong with your song, can you pick up the phone and call the head of, of DistroKid and be like, yo, there's something up with this? No, but you can definitely do that with this dude who's standing right in front of you. Like, and I know that for a fact because I've called him many a times. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I think I'm hoping that's kind of where we're, go we're going back to um, yeah. as, as a society, um, I hope. Um, my hope does get its butt kicked on a regular basis <laughs> pretty much every single day, but I still kind of hope. Yeah, uh, it, it's funny you say that because I sort of, uh, as you said, that I was scanning through past mayors and it, just administrations. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I would say that there's definitely value in feeling like you can... Uh, just walk right up to your mayor and talk to them for right. sure. Um, and thinking to like, Tony, nah, <laughs> I never, I never felt like I could just walk right up to Tony and be like, Hey, uh, <laughs> a couple questions, uh, da -da. Yeah. you know, um, does Stefano, <laughs> <laughs> you gotta know somebody who knows somebody with the Stefano, you know, exactly. Uh, Freaking, I, I, uh, I approached this Stefano. He'd already stopped being mayor for like five years or so. Like, yeah, he was leaving the owl shop, you know, after, he's like, he's a consultant now, of course, you know, he was leaving the owl shop uh, after a meeting and I go, and, and I, I knew this would kind of annoy him. I'm like, Hey, Mr. Mayor. And he turns around with this, like very, he's like, and then I was like, uh, yeah, I, I grew up in New Haven while you were mayor. Uh, just, you know, it was a pleasure to meet you. And I like mentioned my father um, yeah. because he was on some like uh, liberal environmental committee that uh, uh, Stefano like, you know, blew smoke up the butts of uh, oh, to make right, it sound right. like he cared about the, the environment, you know, uh, like uh, for example, they were uh, like a committee that uh, partially formed around the idea of like getting the Farmington Canal like through New Haven so that, you know, there was like a healthy green bike path, blah, 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 you know, all that good stuff. Uh, don't get me wrong. I love my dad. I love the stuff he fights for. Um, but uh, uh, I mentioned my dad and he goes, oh, Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. And he like glad hands me and stuff. Like, uh -huh. And then like, he like immediately just like beautifully po politically was just like, Oh yeah, Bruce, uh, he was on the environmental whatever committee. Yes. Good guy. And like, I immediately saw like both sides of him in like two seconds. And I was oh, like, ah, yeah. this is, this was the the nineties mayor of new Haven. Oh, but yeah, uh, I'm so thankful that that era is over. I'm so right. thankful that the era of, uh, <sighs> charisma but like in a as a weapon you know like yeah. seriously weaponized charisma uh yeah. i'm glad that like honestly uh to be completely candid i i doubt justin will ever i i mean who knows justin might be listening right now but when i right. first met justin 
He was completely that kind of guy. The Mr. Let me weaponize my charisma to Mm. disarm you or like do whatever. And like, I don't think he's that guy anymore. I think after some years of actually being mayor and not simply just wanting to be mayor, uh, he's uh, come come to be a, a real person who yeah. I may not agree with completely, but at least I I feel like the words that are coming out of his mouth are truly the stance that he has. I feel like the the way that he feels about things when he's advocating for things that I care about. You know what? He's not black. You know what? He's not a woman. He's not like queer, and he doesn't speak like he is. He doesn't even speak like he's the champion of these people who are downtrodden. No, he's like, this is the reality of equality and the equality we're trying to attain. You know, and it's like, cool. I I can appreciate that level and not like trying to be some white savior, you know? Yeah. Does that say a lot because... I'm sorry, Izzy. I just sparked into my head, and I apologize. Well, no, it, yeah, sorry, sorry about that. Um, yeah. But no, it, it, it's it's very true, and also like how human, you know, he is, and how you know long of a memory he does have. You know, uh, last Christmas, one of my younger guys was doing the the, the band marching thing around, mm-hmm. you know, a, a senior home, um, and and he was there, and you know, my my son introduces himself, and for all of those who know. You can tell, you know, when it comes to me and my kids, you can tell. Uh, it's real easy to understand that we, we, we're related. Um, you look at my kids and like, I say, I swear I've seen you before. You have, it's me. Um, so then my, my you know, my, my son, you know, introduced himself, gives the full last name. And, and Mary Ellica goes, why does that sound familiar? Without missing the beat, my son goes, my dad, you know, my dad, he's Dustin. He goes, Oh, tell your dad I said hi, <laughs> and just kept it, kept it pushing, you know. Right. <laughs> you know, but that's a you know those moments can happen because, look, you know he jumped in and it was already a spit show, and then a pandemic happened, and then yeah, yeah. the whole right, world yeah. started to completely change. Mm-hmm. Um, so he he either had to really up, you know, the slime ball factor, or he had to be human and right. there were a lot of people, yourself included, making sure and calling for him to be human. And I think he really responded well to that that call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh um yeah I, I surprisingly uh I think he has uh risen uh to be an acceptable mayor. Yeah. 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 Does it say a lot because he's not from New Haven, he's from the Canon. I mean, how do I put this? <laughs> was Tony really from New Haven? Oh, true. True. you know, like, I'm sorry, but I just, um, <sighs> like, like Yale, well, Yale, Yale, runs, Yale runs New Haven. Because Yale we're going to have an uncensored podcast with Nate Blair oh. coming out very soon. So we're, oh, we're going to have that. that. He can share his thoughts. He can share his feelings. He can share everything that he's been through because he's been through a lot. There's a whole bunch of memories we have with Nate Blair. These three episodes right now on Behind the Brand is just a frosting on the cake with the stuff he's been through in the Elm City. So if you want to see a little raw edge side of what his thoughts and his feelings, stay tuned to that Uncensored podcast. It's going to be on the New Haven Independent SoundCloud. But 
We are on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven, myself, Prestige, and my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City Made, EZ Blues is in the building. Nate, will we ever get Cafe X again? Um, of course. Um, the uh, one aspect, though, of the X is uh, the element that it is a variable. Right, so, right. Uh, like, in, in what um iteration will we see cafe x mm -hmm. uh that that has yet to present itself but right. like i'm not deterred from uh coffee uh right. i'm just more interested in other things right now okay. um in, in particular like that stint of running a coffee shop was super exhausting it was it super difficult it and uh it running it solo dolo uh with the expectation that i was going to be running it with someone else mm -hmm. was really difficult mm -hmm. but uh it definitely makes me aware of how i need to approach it if i'm going to go at it again with a partner yeah. or alone right um one aspect of that that uh like while running the shop but mm -hmm. also in the the time since i've just come to appreciate just how fundamentally um exploitative restaurants are and this and like the food industry like oh, yeah. just just on a very very fundamental level it is predicated on at the very least exploiting yourself right yeah um at the very least or yeah exploiting your employees and like my hope was with COVID, honestly, was that it would destroy the restaurant uh, industry because it needs to be built from the ground up. And unfortunately, um, our government decided that the restaurant industry uh, is uh, small America and right. decided to bail it out completely. And it's not that I think they like misunderstood the idea that like people like me are employed at restaurants and mistook right. that for people like me need restaurants. Right. And it's right. like, no, no, no. We'd like the, the slave ship is not like the, that's not what we need. Like we don't need you to bail them out so that we can stay on the ship. Mm -hmm. Like, <laughs> like we need this thing to get completely dismantled and reconstructed right. so that like, first of all, so that you can buy something at a restaurant at an affordable price and right. so that right. i get paid for it like right. like that's basically all we want all of us involved you know yeah. and it's like why isn't that the case well it's because we're putting a lot of money in subsidizing different parts of the food industry that are not that part and so right. it's like it, we need to just look at what we're subsidizing as a country in the food industry and apply it to where it actually helps American citizens, not to where it helps the 1%, not to right. where it helps farm owners, not like owning a restaurant is mm -hmm. a Ponzi scheme in and of itself. Right. Like, like, uh, uh, like, I don't know of many restaurateurs mm -hmm. who stay in the business because of the money. Right. Like you need to constantly be growing in order to make money in the rest 
restaurant business. Right. Agreed. Which is agreed. Non-debatable there. Agreed. Yes. And so it's just this the it's it's a very strange model. And when I say strange, it's because um we act as Americans as though going out to eat is our right as human beings. And right. you know what? Uh, if we're in an industrialized civilization where we are expected to work or die, then yes, there needs to be some food around for us when we're not working. Right. So if, if we're expected to work or die, then the food that we get needs to like fit within that model. And so we right. act as though it does. You know, we get takeout sandwiches. We, we eat out a lot uh, in order to, uh, you know, stay productive. Of course. Right. Because the truth is we would all be happier with like two hour breaks to cook ourselves lunch. We'd all be happier. <laughs> yep. But that's not what uh, all of this is geared towards. It's all geared towards like right. maximum output in, in someone else's purse, you know. Right. And so... Uh, in that sense, there's like a lot of, I think, fake incentives to get people to open restaurants and not right. a lot like our government has a lot of fake incentives for that and not a lot of good ways to sustainably keep that restaurant functioning. Right. Um, and like, yeah, stuff as simple as like controlling the price of gasoline so that the shipping of things is controlled like that would right. actually do and a one lot thing that i can't control nate i got i got to uh -huh. end it right now we're on wnhh lp 103.5 fm new haven myself prestige long island rays elm city made e z blues is in the building any gems that you want to give to someone um to stay motivated stay consistent uh, keep at it, no matter what you're going through. Like I said, like, like you said, not like I said, like you said earlier in this broadcast, like you were diagnosed with Lyme disease and you still had to keep going with those business. What can you say to someone to move on? And like you, like we always do for each guest on the show, please plug that social media. Please plug everything you got coming up. This time is yours. Uh, all right, word. Uh, my yeah, my my bit of advice. I guess it would just be uh, step by step. I, I know that's so frustrating to hear because often when that advice is most valuable is when your head is most down. It's when you actually can't quite see uh, more than one step ahead of you. And uh, all I can say is that one step, that's probably enough. Just take that one and then see where it is from there. Uh, in terms of, yeah, social media, uh you can follow me at nate blair himself uh yeah the the name of uh my clothing brand is every living moment which uh you know acronyms into elm a little uh tree you might have heard of before uh and yeah, you can follow me at uh every living moment on instagram uh yeah uh oh um trey moore who uh is an artist in new haven is uh doing uh yeah Awesome person. I don't know if y'all have had uh, him on your show before, but you definitely should. Um, they are uh, doing another. Um, so they're having like a monthly music installment thing. Um, I would say check uh, his social media uh, to find out more on that. I think it's March 4th. Uh, I'll be doing uh, some clothing vending. That. 
Nate, we appreciate you. Thank you so much for being part of this broadcast. Easy, any final words? Nah, man, I, I love and appreciate every time that, that you're on the show. I, I love growing in the knowledge that you share, man. You just keep pushing, and, and we're going to be here for the, the next million and a half installments when you join the five <laughs> and the seven-time club and all that fun stuff. We <laughs> love it. I heard the ten-time club has jackets. Talk to Preston. Oh, uh, who makes those jackets? You! <laughs> Stay tuned for the Jackets on WNHHLP 103.5 FM New Haven, myself, Prestige, and my partner in crime, Long Island Rays, Elm City, Maine, E.C. Wondering what to write about, trying to figure out what it's all about. Existentialist, am I worth anything or just a scout? I don't know. I don't know.